Oh man, I love Sundays. Quick, quick announcement before we get started. I found a fob key to somebody's car. Uh, if you want to go home today, you're not going home unless you talk to me. So I have it, and uh, come talk to me if you get to your car and you're like, I don't know how to get in this thing. Or what's that guy that is speaking doing in my car? Either way, I have your fob key. So uh, good morning, friends. Welcome to your living room. I hope you felt really loved when you got here today. And I hope when you leave here today, you'll believe even more in Jesus's love for you. Jesus is why we gather. Uh, if, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is what brings us together so we can sing about him, so we can talk about him, so we can share our love that we have for him with others. Uh, I want to welcome you to our mixed tape series. I am loving this series. Every communicator got to talk about one of their favorite things. And I'm old enough to uh, have done mixed tapes, and uh, man, those were awesome. I have not seen one of those in a very long time. But some artists that could have been found on uh, my mixed tapes back in the day would have been like Bon Jovi, Garth Brooks, Def Leppard, Whitney Houston, uh, Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and maybe a few artists mom and dad didn't know about. All right, so uh, real quick. Uh, turn to someone next to you and tell them a song that you had on one of your mixtapes or one of your current playlists. Ready? Go. All right, so I want to hear from like a couple of people who was on, someone old enough to have a mixtape. Who was on it? Raise your hand so I can call on you. Who do we got? Mixtape people. Somebody. Yes. They might be giants. Yes. Van Halen. Sammy Hagar or? No, right? Because that's awful. We don't drive 55. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Okay. Somebody younger on your playlist. Who do you have? Who do you have? ZZ Top, I like that, yes. The beard, yeah? The Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, man, are they still a thing? I hope not. All right, uh, what do you got? Yeah. Who? Ovici? Avici. Yeah, I, you just made that up, but that's cool. Like, I don't know what that is. Is that a guy, girl, band, four people, one person? No idea, but I love it. Yeah, one more back here, what'd you have? MC Hammer, yes. The Hammer Pants, I remember that. All right. So on the first track of our mixtape, Pastor Joe preached, and he talked about how our past and our parents don't have to be predictors of our future. And this felt like a nice slow jam. It was a nice slow jam. And then last week, we heard from Pastor Alfred. And if you've missed any of the first two parts for mixtape, go back and hear. They're awesome. And Pastor Alfred, he made me laugh. He made me cry. I just couldn't believe it. And it felt like some good soul, some good soul. And so today is going to feel like a pop song, a little bit lighter, a little bit sweeter, sweeter, not much meaning or substance to it at all. Um, No, I hope it has more than that. I really do. All right. So what I want to talk about today is one of my all-time favorite things to experience and do. It's also one of my all-time favorite things to hear And whenever I do it, it makes my eyes water and my stomach hurt. And here's what's so interesting about this thing. Only humans can do it. That's it. 
just man and woman. Our only creatures on planet Earth that can do this. And whenever we do it, it acts like rain upon our parched hearts, okay? So what I want to talk about is laughter. I want to talk about laughter. And I want to talk about laughter in all of its forms. And to do so, I figure I can't just tell you about laughter. We have to show you. So would you give it up for my man, Jake Iverson? He's going to come on up. Hey. So with very little prep time, I'm just going to mention all the different kinds of laughter I love. And in case you don't know what I'm talking about, Jake is going to just do it for us. All right? So here we go. We'll start off with a little tee-hee. A little ha-ha, a guffaw, a chuckle, a cackle, a cackination, a giggle, a snort, silent laugh. Yeah, very good. The crying laugh. The belly laugh. And one of my all-time favorites, literally fall on the ground and laugh. <laughs> that was awesome. Man, Jake, give it up for Jake. I, one of my, I realize what I do when I start laughing is if I'm near a table, I start pounding it. I'm just hitting it like I'm angry, but I'm actually really happy. Uh, and then an honorable mention, and I didn't make him do this one, but honorable mention goes to somebody pees their pants while laughing. Okay. And we know you're out there, so just raise your hand so we can identify you. Where are you? We know you're here. Come on. We got some in the back. Thank you. Anybody else? We got Stephanie's running out because it's her. Got it. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's one reason why I want to talk about laughter. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the last two years have been kind of hard in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. Um, uh, we've had a global pandemic. We've had war. We've had inflation. We've had division, and I'm, I'm not even referring to people not getting along. I mean like math, division. It's awful. It's horrible. And in addition to that, we literally had division, people not getting along, which I could way rather do that than the math divisional part. Um, so it has been really hard in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people, including me. My heart got a little hard in 2020. There was just some things swirling up in here in my head. Um, things, thoughts that I was thinking that led um, to some unwanted emotions. <laughs> and but sometimes in the moment I wanted them, but I realized, man, this isn't healthy for me. This isn't good for me. My heart was starting to get a little hard, and it was straining some relationships. It was kind of leading to not being easy to sleep at night with some of the emotions I was experiencing during that time. Maybe you can relate. And, and I think here's the potential that exists for all of us in the room and those online is the harder our world becomes, the harder our relationships, finances, or circumstances become, there's the potential for our hearts to become hard as well. Life can just have a way of hardening our hearts, having us become cynical or jaded because it hurts so bad. So what I'm realizing more and more, and what I'm hoping will become realized more and more in all of our lives, is the harder that life becomes, the more important laughter becomes to our well-being and to our mental health and to our souls. So I thought of it this way. Laughter is like a prescribed medication, but without all the negative side effects on the bottom. 
laughter is like this medical ad I found. So I'll show you this picture. It says, laughter reduces risk of taking yourself or life too serious. Laughter is prescribed medicine that helps improve your mental and emotional well-being. Please see your creator if you're not doing it enough or at the wrong place in time. Laughter may cause watery eyes, runny nose, or some extreme cases, peeing your pants. We talked about that, Stephanie. If you pee your pants <laughs> while not laughing, please see a physician immediately. No, really, go see them right now. All right. So laughter uh, is, is like this prescribed medicine that can really be a healing agent uh, for our soul. Now, that being said, not all laughter is good for your soul, and not all laughter is good for someone else's soul. <laughs> I've had an interesting relationship with laughter. Laughter's brought me a lot of joy and gotten me into a lot of trouble. Anybody nodding along? Uh Anybody else have that friend that whenever you got caught or anytime you did something you shouldn't be doing, that friend was always right there next to you? I had that friend. I have that friend. God has seen fit to have that friend separated from me by the state of Nevada. Uh, And he's in California. So that's like a safe zone for everyone, which is good for everyone, really. Uh, But my friend is Phil. Uh, Phil's in, uh, uh, he's, uh, yeah, what direction? He's to the left. That's me on the right. And if you're wondering what that kid's doing, I was wondering when I looked at that as well. Uh, He was giving me a Melvin in that photo, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I have a funny story about this kid. So me and Phil, this is my buddy Phil, we get into a lot of trouble. In fact, you could not put me and Phil in almost any group context, youth group, young adult group, just a regular old group of anything, weddings, funerals. You did not want me and Phil together anytime. In fact, we were in the same wedding for a mutual friend, and Amy, the bride, during the wedding rehearsal told us me and Phil were not to make eye contact with one another during the entirety of the ceremony. And she literally staggered her wedding party, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, so she could put Phil on the opposite end and me on the opposite end as far away. But it ended up just being like 25 minutes of the ceremony of like me just slowly turning to him (laughs) and then finally making eye contact. And of course, we started laughing during the ceremony because I don't know what was wrong with us. So in this photo, interesting story about that boy giving me a Melvin. About 10 minutes later, while I was giving his brother a capucci, which is not illegal, it was, it's a piggyback ride. We're in Mexico. Uh, we're on a mission trip. I'm giving his brother a piggyback ride. This kid literally, this is true, literally picks up poop off the ground. As I'm holding his brother and can't do anything, puts it in my pants pockets, and then just goes, yeah, he straight hated me. <laughs> he straight. Oh, man. So things like that happened with me and Phil all the time. And uh, so me and Phil got into a lot of trouble for laughing at the wrong things, the wrong place, at the wrong people, all that mixed together. And I know my parents and, and friends and strangers are probably like, what is wrong with these people? What is wrong with them? And in my defense at that time, Pastor Rob was one of my mentors, and I believe he shoulders much of the responsibility for how I was at that time. I feel like maybe he was missing something. I don't know, Rob, but you were so nice to me uh, because uh, I wasn't so nice to everyone else. Uh, So in all seriousness, though, like, my laughter has been a great source of healing for me, and my laughter has also been a source of hurt for others. And, And maybe you can relate to that. You can think of some times where your laughter was really good medicine for you, 
and it was bad medicine for someone else. I just quoted Bon Jovi. Anyways, yeah, you guys, yeah, you picked up on that. Way to go. Um, I've had a lot of time to reflect on this, and I would say um, over the last couple decades, I don't know if God's refined me in any one area more than with my sense of humor. He just keeps working on me and working on me and working on me and working on me. Now, my, lo- my love for laughter has never changed, um, but, but what I'm laughing about is changing, and in a good way. And I believe love and laughter comes from our Creator. It becomes from our Creator. Uh, for some reason, when God was making the heavens and the earth and animals upon the air and sea and land, He picked out one of His creation to have this gift, just one. Man and woman, those made in his image. And he says, I'm going to give you this precious gift called laughter, which is so fascinating. Why did God make laughter a thing? Have you ever wondered that? Like, why did he do that? Why, why did he just go, I'm going to deposit into men and women the ability to do this? And what is it there for? Because you can go from Genesis to Revelation and go, ooh, that wasn't funny. It's not a comedy book. It's like a lot of tragedy and filled with a lot of hope and a lot of Jesus, but it's not a barrel of laughter. But yet, it's, he's put it in me and you. And why is that? Well, I don't know all the reasons, but I've thought of two, and I want to share those with you. Laughter does at least two things. Laughter reveals and it heals. It reveals things and it can heal some things. So, let me explain it this way. Uh, there are very few things that reveal someone's character more than what they choose to find funny which can be painful if you really get super self-reflective about that. Very few things can reveal what's inside someone more than, than what they choose to laugh at or laugh about. Uh, laughter reveals in this way. Laughter can reveal your discomfort. That's where we get nervous laughter from. Uh, laughter can reveal someone you don't like, which is why we have laughing at someone instead of with someone. Uh, laughter can reveal something you don't take serious, which was where we get mocking laugh and sarcastic laughing from. And here's an interesting thing maybe you've never thought of, and, I, and this is doing this message has spurred me to think more about it. Laughter can actually reveal a lack of faith or confidence in God. So I want to take you to the scriptures where we see how laughter reveals a level of faith or lack of faith in God. And I can relate to this story in some way. So it's in the book of Genesis. If you want to turn there, it's also going to be on the screens. Genesis chapter 17. I want to tell you just one small part to the true story of one of the most famous couples in the history of the world. And their names were Abraham and Sarah. And the reason why I say they're one of the famous couples in all the world is because Abraham is a very significant person to Mormons and Christians and Jews and Muslims. We all know who he is. So this is a big deal, Uh, Abraham and Sarah. If you don't know their story, they were really, really old and were not able to have kids. So we're going to hop in because God is going to send some messengers to speak to Abraham about this infertility issue. So it says, then God said regarding Sarai, that was her name originally, he'll change it to Sarah, your wife, her name is no longer Sarai, but Sarah, which means princess, and I will bless her and give you a son from her. Like this could not have been better news for them. Give you a son. Yes, I will bless her richly and make her the mother of not just a kid. From that kid will come entire nations, and many kings shall come among your posterity. Now, the reason, why, again, why these words were such a big deal is that they couldn't have children. 
And what I mean by they couldn't have children, I mean, Abraham, Sarah looked at Abraham and was like, no, I just can't. Ooh, gross. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't the case at all. No, you can laugh, even if it wasn't funny. It makes me feel better if you do. All right, no, they couldn't have kids, not because Abraham wasn't good looking, though in my defense, there's two times in the Bible they describe Sarah as being really attractive and mention nothing about Abraham. So I'm just saying, maybe he wasn't all that awesome to look at. But that's not why they couldn't have kids. Uh, they, she could not give birth to children. It was very uh, shameful thing to experience to not be able to get pregnant. Decades and decades had gone by of them trying to have kids and not being able to have kids. And imagine being her and all your friends are having the first kid, second kid, third kid, fourth kid, and you still can't even have one kid. Uh, how to imagine how, how tough that would be. And so how many of you guys know that long-term disappointment and unanswered prayers can potentially adversely affect our faith, our confidence in the promises of God. Uh, It can also diminish our capacity to laugh, which is a gift from God. I mean, when you have long-term disappointment and unanswered prayers, I mean, it can just affect our faith adversely. It can affect our confidence in God. It can keep us and prevent us from laughing and healing. So, this this story gets really interesting. So, this messenger is talking to Abraham, and he says... In verse 9, where is Sarah, your wife? They asked him. In the tent, Abraham replied. The Lord said, next year I will give you and Sarah a son. And this is so cool. Sarah's in the tent, like hiding. It says, Sarah was listening from the tent door behind him. So she's kind of leaning in, listening to this entire exchange happening. Now, Abraham and Sarah were both very old, and Sarah was long past the time when she could have a baby. So here's where laughter reveals. Here was Sarah's response after hearing this incredible message. Verse 12. So Sarah laughed silently. A woman my age have a baby? She scoffed to herself. And with a husband as old as mine? She thought she had laughed quietly so that no one could hear her, but God did. And the reason why God could hear her is because he was near to her and because she was dear to him. God is near to us in our pain. There was not one part of her that thought a year from that day she was going to have a son. Not one part of her. That's why she had mocking, sarcastic laughter. <laughs> and this is so, the drama picks up. Then God, God is speaking to Abraham and says, why did Sarah laugh? Oh, no. Because she can hear this conversation. So she's behind the tent. I laughed silently. And he's like, hey, why did Sarah laugh? And she's behind the tent like, oh, no. Oh, no. Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? This is a profound question he's about to ask. Is anything too hard for God? He's still asking that question to you and me today. With whatever it is that you're facing or whatever it is you will face, is there anything too hard for God? What a profound question for us to contemplate on in our own lives. Next year, just as I told you, I will certainly see to it that Sarah has a son and Sarah gets so nervous. Like her sarcastic laugh turns to like nervous, fearful laugh. But she denied it. I didn't laugh. She lied. (laughs) For she was afraid. When she got caught, her mocking laughter turned to nervous laughter and it revealed the depths of her lack of confidence in God's promises. Because laughter can reveal some things to us. Uh, as many of you know, my wife Christy has battled a couple of autoimmune diseases for around eight years now. And 
many people over these eight years who love us, care for us, people that we don't even know well, uh, know very well have prayed for us, have come and said, can we pray for you? Can we pray and ask God for healing? And I, I, I'll <laughs> just fully confess, there's been many of those times when they've come to pray for her healing, and I was Sarah on the inside. Yeah, go ahead, on the inside. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Go ahead. I mean, I don't say that because I don't want to be, like, rude. But inside, I'm saying it silently in my heart. That's not going to happen. Yeah, right, whatever. Laughing. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Please do. And I really do want you to. But sometimes on the inside, I'm just like, hmm, it's not going to happen. Didn't happen last time. Can you imagine... Sarah, yeah, it didn't happen last year. It didn't happen the year before. It didn't happen the decade before that. And it didn't happen the decade before that. I wonder if you can relate to Sarah's laughter and my laughter. God is so patient and kind. He didn't take Sarah's laugh personally, and he doesn't take mine. He doesn't get super offended. He's just so good, so patient, so kind. He can handle my doubts. He can handle my sarcasm, just like he could handle Sarah's and not take it personally, not grab her out from behind the tent and be like, how dare you? This is how God responded. Then God did as he had promised, because he's the God of his word. This is who he is. He cannot deny himself. He's a God of his word, even when I am not, even when I am faithless and doubt-filled. I'm so, is that not a beautiful thing of grace? Can you imagine, like, you say, here's what we're going to do, or I'm going to answer the very thing you've been begging for me to do for years, and I tell you I'm going to do it, and all you do is sarcastically laugh and mock at what I just say, and his response is, I'm still doing it. Whoa. I mean, we don't do that to one another sometimes, right? You're going to sarcastically mock me. I'm not going to do whatever I agreed to do with you. I don't think so. God is not like me, thank God. But he's making me more like him, a little bit and a little bit each day. Yes, thank God. These people got to like hang out with me sometimes. It's better if I'm becoming more like him and less like me. Is there anything too hard for God? <laughs> so <laughs> I love this. This kind of shows that uh, God is not only true to his word, but he's kind of funny. And they named him Isaac, which means laughter. <laughs> I love that. God leads them to name their son to mean laughter. So every time she, like, names her son or calls his name, she's reminded of being behind the tent, <laughs> laughing in unbelief. I love that. It's like this beautiful reminder every day that God is a God of his word, and he is faithful and true even when I and full of doubt and fear and hurt and pain. He literally has them name their kid based off the, the first, like, involuntary response from their mom. Like, that's it. Which, I'm not going to lie, it made me think of what if the response was something else? I won't say all the thoughts that popped into my head, but I was like, what if it was just indigestion sounds or whatever. Like, what if that would have been a weird name for a kid? And he would be bullied in middle school because that's what happens. So I want us to ponder this next statement. Because God didn't just bring Sarah a baby. 
But he brought her something that maybe she didn't even realize she needed a lot of. Here's what it says. And Sarah declared in verse 6, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this shall rejoice with me. For who would have dreamed that I'd ever have a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a child in his old age. God brought her laughter. Some of us, that's what God's wanting to bring to us is some laughter, some just good old-fashioned hee-hee, guffaws, get Jake to come to your house. He'll do it all for you, show you how to do it. He'll teach you. He's got a YouTube video showing you how to do it. And it's so funny, uh, uh, and forgive me, because there's going to be a lot of things I think are funny, and then I say them as if they're funny, and you won't think they're funny, and that's totally good, because I'll still laugh. But when I read how this story was retold in the New Testament, I thought, oh, that's funny. So permission to laugh if you think it's funny, and permission not to if you don't. But so this same story is kind of retold in a little bit of a different way in the New Testament in a letter called Hebrews, which we don't know necessarily who wrote that, and it says this, by faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant old woman as she was at the time because she believed the one who made a promise who would do what he said. That's how it happened from one man's dead and shriveled loins. There are now people numbering into the millions. I'm like, dead and shriveled loins. I like that a lot. I just like everything about that. Let's just get right to it and describe exactly what happened and all the detail imaginable. Hebrews just became some of you guys' favorite book now. <laughs> we should pay attention to what we laugh at. We should, we should pay attention to what prevents us from laughing, what's keeping us from laughing. Because laughter reveals, but it also heals. Now, you could go and search for yourself or talk to somebody in the medical world. They'll tell you the healing qualities of laughter, what it can do to your body and soul and mind. I can't dive into any of that because I don't understand most things doctors say. I nod and then my wife translates when we get home as to what I'm supposed to do now, because I don't know. But laughter heals. Laughter is divine healing agent from our divine creator. In his most famous uh, sermon that Jesus ever gave, he chose to include the topic of laughter. He said this, blessed are you when you weep now, for you shall laugh. How beautiful is that? Because some of us are weeping right now. We came here with a weeping heart. And Jesus is like, I want to turn that. He's not trying to minimize it. He's not doing that. He's going to turn it. He's not going to minimize it. He's not going to tell you just to suck it up. By his spirit, by his power, by his might, he wants to turn it. Because you guys have all met people where you, you've seen what they've gone through. You've heard their story, and you can't believe they could still find joy in their heart, laughter in their soul. You go, how? How? If I were you... Uh, and trust me, I'm sure they were on the ground in a puddle of tears many times as well. But God, by his power and his spirit, is changing something in a very dramatic, spirit-filled way. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Because we all go through things that are no laughing matter, laughter becomes a matter of immense significance. When things are getting harder, we need to find ways to laugh harder. I'm going to get into some of that in just a minute. And hear me, laughter is not to make light of something that is serious. Laughter is, is meant to help us be light, lighter, while going through serious things. 
And when our love and laughter get mixed together, it becomes a healing agent to our body, soul, and mind and someone else's. So this is what I hope we can take away from this morning. Laughter is a serious matter. Laughter is a serious matter. And because it's a serious matter, we may need to do it more. We may need to do it more for our mental health, for our well-being, for our soul. And because laughter is a serious matter, we shouldn't do it at all if God doesn't find it funny. I must confess, I'm a huge sports guy, and I take it way too serious sometimes, and my family goes upstairs and just lets me alone by myself because I'm miserable to be around when some team I hate, I won't name them, Dodgers, all right, and uh, (laughs) they're doing well. So um, when they're doing well, I take sports way too serious, and there's been times, truthfully, like something happens bad to someone on the opposing team, and I'm like, "Mm, that's too bad feel so bad for that guy. <laughs> but inside, I'm like, we're going to win. They're out for the year. That's, that stinks, but we're going to win now. Like, I laugh. That's gross. No, that's gross. And some of you may not be sports people, but you're political people, and you get a lot of joy when someone from the other side gets caught in something. You're like, oh, that is so cool. Did you see they got caught in that scandal? Oh, my Lord. That's gross. That's actually revealing. What's wrong with me? Not what's wrong with them. What's wrong with Adam when he takes joy in someone else's destruction? Now, I'm not saying we don't love justice. We get excited about justice. We always get excited about justice. But when we take pleasure in someone's life crumbling and falling apart, that says a lot more about me than it does whatever they did to themselves. Laughter is a serious matter, so we may need to do it more. We may need to do it less. Laughter is this precious gift that God wants us to open more regularly. Because laughter can heal you, and laughter can also show you where you need to get more healthy. (laughs) And that's what God is doing in me. Adam, when you laugh at that, that ain't good. Or he uses my wife, Adam, that best man toast became a roast. That's not good. My poor wife had to sit as I'm giving a best man what I thought was a toast, and it was a roast, and there's a man at her table going, somebody better shut this guy up. And she's fading into the background like, I've never seen that man before. Just left me. I walked home with a stranger from that wedding. No, I'm just kidding. Even the stranger wouldn't take me home. So a couple application steps. Pay attention to how often you're laughing. You may have never really paid attention to that. Are you doing it regularly? Pay attention. Get curious about that. Think about it. How much am I actually laughing? Um, Do I do it regularly? Pay attention to who or what you're laughing at because someone else's mental health may be affected by it. And did you know you can pay to laugh? Did you know you can pay to laugh? If your favorite show is on some streaming device, you can pay to laugh. My wife and I do that all the time. We get our sitcom, we go, we just need to laugh because it's been hard. Let's just sit down for 30 minutes and laugh. We pay to go see stand-up comedians when they come into Salt Lake City. We pay to laugh. You can pay to laugh. Did you know laughter, which we often think in terms of just being like a spontaneous thing that happens to you because of what something just said, somebody just said, or what accidentally happened, or the little kid with the wiffle ball, you know, and the dad, those are great. And uh, all those, like, yes, laughter can be spontaneous, but you can actually schedule laughter. Did you know that? 
You can schedule it. You can actually put it on your calendar and be, I'm going to laugh from 7 to 7.30. You can do it. You can, and then you put on your favorite thing with your spouse or your family or by yourself, and you just laugh. And it's good. It's good medicine. It's a beautiful gift that God wants us to open up. So schedule it. You may just need to put it in your life. I'll come over and just tell you stories about me and Phil. You'll laugh. You'll get uncomfortable too, and then eventually you just find it all funny after an hour. So I want to invite our worship team up. We're going to sing a song called Glorious Day. Can you imagine how glorious that day was when Sarah (laughs) had that baby? It's like, oh, man, this is real. She's starting to get sick. She's like, oh, this is real. Oh, man, oh, belly's getting bigger. Promises being fulfilled. (laughs) You may have a little bit of Sarah going on right now in your life in a sense of like you're still waiting. You're still waiting. You're waiting for something to change. Maybe it's something in our country. Maybe it's something in your marriage, your family, with your teenagers. Maybe you're the teenager. You're waiting for something to change with your parents. You're like, God, I don't know what to do. I want to pray for us that we could find some joy in the Lord here today as we sing this song. So you respond in whatever way it makes sense with what's happening inside of your heart. Maybe you just need to have a conversation with God right now as we sing. Maybe you want to stand and sing, kneel, whatever you want to do. I'm going to invite you to take a physical posture that represents where your faith is at and what you would want God to do. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this precious gift. The ultimate precious gift you've given us is your son, Jesus, who's brought us salvation. (laughs) You would go to another woman (laughs) many years later after Sarah God, and you would speak to this young lady and be like, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be the Messiah. She said, let it be. Let it happen to me. Lord Jesus, let it happen to us. Birth something new in us. The joy of the Lord becoming our strength. We sing this song with faith, with confidence in your promises, because you are a God of your word. In Jesus' name. said you can stand kneel whatever you're whatever you're feeling is good for you um some of you if you join us in clapping it'd be awesome to get some help with this song
go ahead and remain standing. I'm going to invite all our prayer teams to please come up right now and just come over here. We never want to um, end our family gatherings without an opportunity for you to receive prayer. These are just uh, friends of Crossroads, friends of you. You may not even know them super well, but they love you, and they just want to be able to hear how they can pray over you. There's something about prayer and, and, and having that support from someone who could just lay hands on you and intercede for you. And so if anything got stirred up in you today, it doesn't even have to do with the message at all, but something maybe you're just going through. Maybe you're here today and you need, you need, you're waiting for that season where your mourning could be turned to laughter because it's super hard right now. We want to pray for you about that. Maybe you can think of someone who's in mourning right now and they're finding it difficult uh, to find joy. Maybe just go up and, sh and share and if it needs to be anonymous, it can and just pray for that friend together with someone else. Or maybe you're here today and today's the first day of the rest of your life because today is the day you're going to give your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and build the rest of your days and the rest of your life upon his teachings. And if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today and begin a journey, I would love to pray for you. I'd love to answer any questions that you might have about that. But Jesus has come to be our healer, to be our Savior, and he is our soon and coming king and he died for you and he lives for you and he loves you so i'm going to close us in prayer please don't leave, leave if you need uh, more prayer don't let a thought uh, grab hold of you that says 
you should be too embarrassed about this to get prayer. You should be too shamed about this to get prayer. No, no. No, don't let the enemy isolate you. Don't let him corner you into a space where you're all alone. Let someone pray for you. Maybe it's just someone even sitting next to you. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, that you're a God who can turn mourning into laughter, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your kindness and goodness and your faithfulness to meet Sarah where she was at in her unbelief. So much religion tells us, well, if you want God to do something, you better have it all together. You better have all the faith in the world. If you don't have enough faith, it ain't going to move. She had nothing. She had sarcastic, mocking laughter, and you met her in her laughter because you had made a promise. And you don't break your promise just because someone doesn't believe in it. But you also didn't want to leave her in her unbelief. You wanted to help grow her in that. And you said, name your kid laughter. It'll remind you of how faithful I am. It will increase your confidence in God. Lord, I know my confidence in you needs to be increased because I still have a lot of doubt mixed in with my faith. Help me with my unbelief. Help us with our unbelief and turn, Lord, our mourning into laughter. And we pray and ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen, friends. Have a wonderful Sunday.